want to tell you about my mom. Actually, I want to brag about my mom. Growing up, my mom was involved in several community groups, church groups, and school parent committees. Together with my dad, they were always quick to lend a hand to help out. Recently, my mom received an award for her volunteer work with the CCAC, the Community Care Access Center. She won the Heroes in the Home, a home health care award, given to volunteers who deliver care to clients in their own home. I am very proud, but really not surprised. She freely gives of her time and talents, mostly in the form of cooking really good Italian meals, to those in her community who need it. I guess this is why I always associated volunteering with the giving of time to those less fortunate, or helping out within your community and local charities. I hadn't seen volunteerism in the realm of professional work or career. It turns out volunteering can be a big benefit to your career. It can lead you to develop new skills and to meet new people. And in some cases, it can lead you on an adventure of a lifetime. I'm Kathy Bowers, and this is The Objective Lens. You may be wondering why we would do an episode on volunteering. You should know that the CSMLS is a membership-based organization, and we are incredibly reliant on our volunteers. We are grateful to those who give their time towards the society and to the medical laboratory profession as a whole. I've enjoyed all these terms, but, you know, I was ASMLT president. I was the director of um, CSMLS and then in the presidential chain. And then I did two and a half terms as director for IFBLS and now on the presidential chain and finishing in my term in 2016, in 2018. That's Tom Stowe, an MLT who's been volunteering in the medical laboratory profession for almost 30 years. That's a lifetime commitment. In that clip is his Coles Notes version of his volunteering career. He started at the local level, then at the national level for the CSMLS, where he did a presidential term. Currently, he is the past president of the International Federation of Biomedical Laboratory Sciences, the IFBLS. He has represented medical laboratory professionals on a local, national, and international level. When he was giving me his background in volunteering, I commented on how it seemed his progression had a snowball effect. It seemed that one opportunity led to another and to another. Surprisingly, this isn't an uncommon story. Bill Younger is another CSLMS member who has done significant volunteer work. On the national level, he was a former president of the CSMLS, but also on the international level with the IFBLS as well. So being involved on uh, organization of uh, local congresses and then national congresses and and sort of uh, organizing presentations. And so I was starting to pick up a lot of skills, um, you know, so that when I got to the board level, I was uh, a little bit familiar, but still obviously very green. The similarities of Bill and Tom's stories are abundant. They each move from volunteering on a small community level up to holding the highest position in an international professional association. They didn't necessarily have an end goal in mind. They were taken on this journey because they continued to say yes to opportunities. So why did they keep signing up for more? The 
The one thing many of us learn as we enter the workforce is the importance of an impressive resume, which could include your volunteer experience. There is value to this practice. The website Idealist Career reported in 2013 that 76% of hiring managers surveyed said nonprofit experience, whether it was volunteering or interning, was important on a resume. And in a different survey by LinkedIn, it found that 41% of hiring managers considered volunteer experience equally valuable as paid work. Equally. This is great news for anyone looking to boost the resume. There's a good chance that your volunteer work is teaching you the soft skills that are sometimes skimmed over in formal education programs. These are skills such as effective communication, negotiation, and time management. Here's Tom's thoughts on some of the skills he learned outside of the lab. You know, I I think I learned this greatly, or a great deal from this from CSMLS when I was on the board there. And you could disagree with people at a board meeting and on a topic until you've all come to a consensus, and then it's our decision, you know, and, and that was a very, you know, good thing to learn. I think the other thing was building consensus. How do you do that? Um, teamwork, uh, leadership skills, such even simple things like conducting a meeting. You know, there are so many things that you could then go back to work, and I mean, I was conducting meetings as a Tech 3 each week, you know, and uh, how to take minutes and be able to do it accurately without all the he said, she said, and just get the the main interest and the main points down, you know, things like this. So all these soft skills that we didn't learn at at the technical school, you're able to gain, um, and you can take into your own work. And there's something else that was repeated in several of my conversations. It's not something you would consider a skill, but it can be essential to every career. Confidence. Volunteering for the profession just gave me the confidence to move out into community activities. And, um, you know, my kids went through French immersion, so, you know, um, I, you know, volunteered in that area to, to help move that agenda forward. Uh, so the confidence, I think, just uh, by volunteering with CSMLS certainly opened other doors. So as much as Tom and Bill both reap professional benefits from their volunteer stints, I think their commitment and passion for the work stemmed from a different place. In 2016, Bill was honored with the CSMLS Distinguished Fellowship Award. This was mostly due to his commitment to the society and to the medical laboratory profession on such a broad scale. Here's his thoughts on being nominated for the most prestigious award given at the society. For the longest time, I thought, um, you know, it would be so wonderful for me to become an honorary member of the um, society uh, and then to sort of be considered for the distinguished fellowship at sort of... um, blew me away. To be considered for it and then to sort of receive it um, is uh, quite, I would say, emotional and humbling. So it was definitely very significant. I think he's surprised by his recognition because the only reason he did all this work was to help the profession move forward. And he enjoyed it. Most people who get deeply involved in volunteer work don't do it for awards they're usually looking to make a difference.
Making a tangible difference in the lives of others is a commendable goal. As a medical lab professional, your work is usually done behind closed doors. So seeing the direct impact on the lives of others is rare. So I was always interested in um, volunteering in some capacity. Um, and I'd always wanted to explore the option of doing um, like more of an international volunteer trip. And so um, when I started um, my laboratory schooling at the University of Alberta, there was one of the um, pathologists who did some lectures for us, uh, was part of an organization uh, called Flying Doctors of Canada that did um, international trips to Central America mostly. And they um, took students who were in laboratory technology programs and let them apply um, as students um, working alongside other science students or health sciences students who were interested in pursuing medical school. Um, there were students in diagnostic imaging program. Um, and so with a team of doctors and these students, um, they would take people to Guatemala or Nicaragua and run week-long clinics. Um, so I heard about that in my first year of school and knew that was something that I wanted to try and become a part of. Um, so in my last year of my undergraduate degree, then I applied to go as a as a laboratory technology student and was accepted. So I was able to go on my first trip um, right after I graduated. Um, so it was a, a great experience um, that first time just being fresh out of school and only working for a couple of months to then go to Nicaragua and volunteer as a, a laboratory technologist there. That's Megan Homer an MLT and current instructor in the laboratory medicine program at the University of Alberta. She's talking about her first foray into volunteering within the profession. These types of work abroad trips are very appealing for new graduates just starting out. It's a great chance to see the world while getting to use your newly developed skills. Of course, it's also appealing to help others in the process. These trips are a different take on the idea of volunteering within the lab profession you still gain the career benefits that we discussed earlier. Because the experiences are intense and fully immersive, it's like PD training on steroids. From a lab perspective, um, thinking about how different um, lab, our lab was down there compared to here, um, I think a lot of the challenges that we met had to do with the fact that every single day was a completely different site. Uh, none of these medical sites were air-conditioned or, or any, had any sort of control over the environment. If anything, a lot of times we were completely exposed. We had a couple of tents, but nothing else. Um, and so when it poured, we had to bring all the medical equipment under uh, in, to shelter it, and we had to work with, um, with uh, point-of-care devices that would go over temperature all the time, and so we would have to rotate them from a cooler, and so we would take it out, use it, put it back in the cooler, but we couldn't have it in the cooler too long either because it would get too cold um, and they wouldn't work either. So we had a lot of sort of environmental challenges. We would lose power almost every other day and we would have to run off of gas generators. And uh, we had headlamps so that we could read our urine dipsticks because we had no light to go to use in, in the rooms that we were in. And so a lot of the challenges just came from having to deal with, with the elements down there and having to deal with flies landing on our, on our peripheral blood smears and, and uh, lack of, lack of uh, a lot of different things that we're used to here in, in Canada. But we made do with it 
through a lot of creativity and just um, drive to to make a difference because we knew you know if if we didn't um, if we didn't find a solution to a lot of the situations that that we wouldn't be able to provide the service that we had said we would provide. That's another CSLMOS member I spoke with regarding these volunteer work abroad trips. Valentin Villatoro is an MLT and also an educator. As a quick aside, as I was putting this episode together, I slowly realized that many of the people I interviewed were educators. Coincidence? I'm not sure. Valentin describes the very different challenges he and his team faced when working in El Salvador. The creative solutions demonstrate problem-solving skills, while working in the extreme temperatures demonstrates adaptability and patience. Through all those challenges, he mentions the most important part, to get the work done. Many of these humanitarian trips work with multidisciplinary teams. There are doctors, nurses, x-ray techs and lab techs, and more. As Megan explained to me, this experience was incredibly beneficial to her work in Canada. I think... It's helped me to keep uh, an open mind um, and always be able to look at problems or challenges um, in different lights. Um, I've, you know, able to explore different creative methods of problem solving when you're in those environments that are not your normal, you know, hospitable environments. Um, I think as well because all those trips that I've been on in Central America were quite interprofessional in their design, um, I've gained a stronger appreciation for what it means to work on an interprofessional team. Um, Oftentimes, we had the physicians or the dentists on our team um, coming to the other healthcare professionals, whether they were um, registered nurses or laboratory technologists or even even the just general helpers that came along. Um, We'd all come together to try and, and solve a problem. Both Megan and Valentin went on these trips to help make a difference in the world. They wanted to use their expertise in the lab to provide quality medical care to the communities they served. While they were able to do that, they also gained some pretty incredible experiences. Here, Valentin describes his initial experience when he landed in El Salvador for his first trip. So I got to the airport, and that part was very familiar to me, having gone down there multiple times. Um, but I got down there alone, and I was meeting up with the rest of the group at the airport. So I kind of was waiting in the in the arrivals area, kind of trying to see where trying trying to pick out the rest of of my group, which whom I have never met before, because I only linked up sort of last minute with this group. Um, they got there. I kind of noticed them because they were wheeling about a bunch of white boxes with red sort of crosses on them and it looked pretty medical to me so I figured that has to be them and that was all their medical equipment and their their uh, medications and everything that they had brought down with them and they had them on all these baggage carts and I met up with them introduced myself and then they said we're just waiting for our transport and I'm like oh, okay excellent and the first thing that pulled up was this crazy multi-colored bus and what I mean when I say crazy I mean it was like a rainbow had exploded on that bus and it's kind of how all the buses are down there they're all kind of very um, flamboyantly decorated and uh, this bus pulls up and it's got a shark fin on top and it's blasting music 
And this is apparently our transportation for to the site where we were going to um, set up sort of like our base camp. Both Valentin and Megan's trips had similar setups. They would be on a team of medical professionals and move from town to town on an almost daily basis. Every day, setting up a new lab in whatever area was provided to them. Through their time, they gained a better understanding of the communities they were helping, including their most pressing health issues. While some of them were similar to Canadian health issues, such as diabetes management, some were not so familiar. I'll let Megan tell you the one story that really stuck with me. I can think of um, one instance when I was in Nicaragua. Um, I believe it was a a small child um, had come in with some sort of um, abscess on on their head. Um, And they ended up... um, pulling something out and they took it to the lab and they said, quick, figure out what this is. We don't know what it is. Um, so we did a little bit of um, consulting with some of the other professionals on our team that had done some more experiences like this. Um, and then when we got back to where we were staying, we did some research and turned out that it was um, a bot fly larva. Um, and so, again, that's something you only read about in the textbooks. And certainly, I don't think we'd run into those that much in Canada. Um, but it, I kind of chuckled when, when this situation happened because um, they were running to the lab and they, they wanted us to consult, bring our expertise to the table to figure out what this was. Um, so, again, it was quite a unique experience and something that I'll always remember. And, um, um, yeah, it was just, it was really interesting to be involved in the, the care of that patient. And I don't think that's something that I'll ever experience in a, a Canadian laboratory. I guess you can tell why the story stuck with me. When I got off the phone with Megan, I made the mistake of Googling botfly larvae. Big mistake for a non-science person like myself. Let's move on. Doing this type of humanitarian work is a big commitment. They give of their time. Some of these trips can be up to 12 weeks, but they also give of their money. Not only is there no salary or payment for the work being done, volunteers have to pay to be part of the excursion. Most need to fundraise in order to get the money, which can be upwards of $6,000. It depends on the company you use, the country you are going to, and how long you plan to be there. While the commitment is big, the reward seems to be bigger. A lot of what we were doing was um, just basic patient education, um, explaining to them what diabetes was and why it was important for them to monitor their um, blood glucose levels and how to do that and and that it was a a lifelong condition. It wasn't something that could be fixed right away. Um, And that's something that I really did enjoy was, was talking to the, the patients we were dealing with in my somewhat limited Spanish or through a translator, um, but being involved in that, that education piece. And that's something when you're working in a, a busy core laboratory, you're not given that opportunity to do to actually talk with your patients um, about their laboratory test results. So I found that a really rewarding and unique experience. Sometimes in the daily grind, you might lose sight of how important your work really is. By stepping out of the comfort zone, you can gain that back. You also don't have to travel across the world to volunteer in order to get a rewarding experience. I'll go back to Tom here for a second. 
He told me about just one of the more unique situations he found himself in. And when I talk about volunteering, I give a lecture at SAIT every year um, to the new students, the first-year students, about volunteering. And I tell them, you don't have to just volunteer for your professional association. You can volunteer at work, and the uh, an idea will come up, or a, your boss will say, there's a project coming on, and put your hand up and say, yeah, because when the next good project, and I had a chance of going over to Laos, for a month and teaching STD to people from Cambodia, Laos, and um, Thailand. And that experience was amazing to do. And I got to pick the electron microscope for our lab, and I was in a hurry. And so the Zeiss factory sent me on the Concorde. They flew me on the Concorde. So volunteering isn't just for the profession. You can do it for your for work, and the benefits you gain are still there. Okay, how many people can say they've flown on the Concorde? Not only that, but he's met members of the Japanese royal family, and he was asked to speak at the World Health Organization's meeting of the executive committee in Geneva. These are once-in-a-lifetime experiences that the average medical lab professional, or even the average person, would never get a chance to have. With opportunities and experiences like these, I can see why it's so easy for anyone to continue to volunteer. Why saying yes to the next adventure can cause that snowball effect I mentioned earlier. I do wonder, though, if there is a downside to all this giving. A study in health psychology found that participants who volunteered with some regularity actually lived longer than those who did not volunteer. In that same study, it was also said that those wonderful health benefits only happen if a person's volunteer intentions were truly altruistic. In other words, you have to be volunteering to help others, not just to make yourself feel better. If you are adding more to your plate than you can handle, sitting on committees, leading projects, or doing budgets just to get your foot in the door at the next job, well, you probably won't be happy and you definitely won't be healthier. Bernie Hartung is a CSMLS member who, in 2013, was awarded the David Ball Community Award. The existence of this award is just one indication of how much CSMLS values volunteerism, both within the profession and outside of it. The award is given in honor of David Ball, a former CSMLS president who passed away during his term in 2001. David was not only a leader and an advocate for his profession— but he was an active volunteer in his community of Deer Lake, Newfoundland, and Labrador. The award honors members who carry on his spirit of community service. Bernie was recognized because of the volunteer work he's done within the society. He received this particular award for his contributions to his own community, which include his many volunteer roles at his church. Bernie is a giving man. He is there to lend a hand, help out when needed. But he does know his limits. I guess the biggest challenge when facing with volunteering in my regular day-to-day duties is how to, to balance it with with family life and with work life and not to let the volunteering aspect take over. So you, you need to learn how to balance that. Um, and 
it's been I've been fortunate that um, I've been able to have a supportive family that that's helped me with that, and also an employer at work that's let me take time off when I need time off to attend functions. But I think the, the hardest thing is trying to balance that. You don't want to, I don't think you want to anyway, um, lean too far to volunteering and let, everything, let your family life um, suffer because of that. This is an important point that I thought was worth mentioning. Considering the addictive nature of volunteer work, it's still important to find balance and make sure you aren't depleting yourself or other people in your life. That was some advice that was given to us by the leaders of the trip. Um, and it was just exactly that, that, you know, once you start volunteering, especially on these more adventurous type trips, that um, you do have to make sure that you're not, um, I guess, emptying yourself too much. Um, you do have to make sure you take enough downtime in between trips because it can, it can become, you know, that adventurous kind of addictive um, spirit. And so you do have to make sure that you're giving yourself enough personal time um, in between trips. Um, and, and that's something that I've always tried to, to remind myself of that, yes, there are, there are certain circumstances where it might not be, you know, appropriate, whether, whatever you're dealing with personally to, you know, take part in a trip um, if, if you're not in a mindset where you can be giving of yourself. Throughout my research and interviews for this episode, I was inspired by the giving nature of our volunteers. I got a better understanding about why and how people get involved within their profession. But it was during my conversation with Bill when I realized how pertinent his own volunteer roles have been to him. You know, like I have friends around the world now. Um, it's, it's, it's just not... Um, you know, I'm not living in, in isolation or just in a narrow focus. I still have that sort of wide, broad perspective of what's going on in the profession. And, and uh, you know, it's so exciting to see uh, the initiatives that are happening because uh, it's, in my view, the professions always continue to move forward. Just talking about the people he's met and the contributions he's made makes him pause with emotion. By being a volunteer, he's developed a deeper meaning and a purpose for his career and for his life. He wasn't the only one who mentioned how the people they've met along the way have enriched their experiences. Not just personally found it rewarding, but like I said, it's, it's gotten me to, or given me the opportunity to talk about this experience with colleagues and to really connect with a lot of different people. I've made connections with the people that I've gone on trips with. Um, and when you come home, you, you keep those connections with those people. So I've developed really good friendships um, with, with close friends now. And um, we've done multiple trips together, um, some of the, the friendships I have. Um, and we're always exploring for new opportunities that we can embark on together. The people, the places, and the unique experiences are all just the bonus material. As I said at the beginning, most volunteers just want to make a difference. It just so happens that you get to benefit from it too. I guess just how much I would get out of it in the context that I, you know, that I developed because of that. If I'd known, you know, what benefits I was going to get that way from it, I 
you know, I would have started sooner, I think, because it, it, it just has helped me so much over the years, you know, with the networking that I've done, the people that I've met that have been able to help me out. Bernie is reflecting there on his career and how all his volunteer roles played a part in it. As he said, if he knew all the great things that came out of it, he would have got involved sooner. I don't think anyone's ever volunteered in an experience and said, oh, I shouldn't have done that. (laughs) Usually they're coming out with a very um, humbling and positive experience. So whether you are 20 years into your career or a new grad just starting out in the field, I hope you consider taking advantage of volunteer opportunities that may come your way. Say yes when you can. As we've heard, it can be personally fulfilling while professionally advantageous. You just might be surprised where that journey can lead you. The Objective Lens is written and produced by Michael Grant and myself, Kathy Bowers, and is the official podcast of the Canadian Society for Medical Laboratory Science. Editing and technical assistance by Joel Tresini. Administrative support by Ridmilla Minor. For other episodes, supplemental content, and bonus material, visit our website at podcast.csmls.org. If you're in the medical laboratory field, you'll want to go to the website to find a link to a short quiz. By completing the quiz, you will earn a certificate verifying professional development hours for listening to this episode. We'd love to hear from you. Come chat with us on Twitter, at CSMLS, or on Facebook. You can find us at facebook.com slash CSMLS.